Hey, hello there and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to yet another episode of Free Beers In. My name is Dom, and this is a little beer show that we call Free Beers In. I'm terrible. I'm really terrible. So episode 129, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting close to 130, which is really, really cool. Uh, I'd like to welcome all of you wholeheartedly um, for joining me here today um, on this Valentine's Day. Which is a very nice time for people who have Valentine's and stuff like that. You know, which is really cool. So, if you're, I really hope that all of you are out right now with your special someone. And if not, grab yourself a special beer and enjoy that instead. And you can enjoy that with me right now. Well, actually, you can't right now because you're because it's a recording. But um, you know what I mean. Hang on, let me turn this down a little bit. It's a recording, so you know what I mean. Like you can't really, you can't really like. Have a beer with me right now, but that's that's neither here nor there. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, a really exciting time, Valentine's Day. Uh, it was really cool because uh, on Tuesday, I told my wife, I said, I, I want to celebrate Valentine's Day early. I don't want to do it on the day because it's going to be mobbed. Anywhere we go is going to be a complete shit show. Staten Island loves to do things on the day of type situation. So, oh, sorry. So... I had told her, I was like, let's go to Joe and Pat's, you know, have a nice, cozy pizza dinner right over here, you know, nice and easy, chill out, cool, calm, collected, tight situation, and then we'll go home and relax, you know, Tuesday. No one's going to be there on Tuesday, so she's uh, texting me back and forth, she's like, you got to come home, I'm not picking you up to go there, we got to come home first, blah, blah, blah. I get home, and it's snowing like crazy, it's a wet disgusting slush snow going on and I go outside and I do the first thing I do is I start shoveling and I start cleaning off the car because we're going to be going to Joe and Pat's together and then she's like I enter the apartment and she's like crying and I'm like what's the matter she goes I was trying to do something no nice for you blah 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 blah, blah. and I go in the living room and uh she cooked for me a steak dinner which was really neat and in the living room, she had a table set up with the two chairs. She poured me a beer, and she had... Now, we don't have any candles in the house, so she took all the scented candles that we had and lit them all around the table and stuff. It was extremely cute and romantic. I was smitten by it. And we have the, the computer in the living room, and on the screen, she turned on a, uh, a fireplace on YouTube. So it was a really, really cute thing that she did. She gave me a card and some chocolates. I had nothing for her, which made me feel a bit um, loserish. Not loser. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't feel good having absolutely nothing for her, so <clears throat> I felt a little bad. Give another sip here. But I made up for it today. I got her a really nice card and some chocolates, some Ferrero Rocher, um, and she seemed to enjoy it. We had dinner with my my family today tonight rather and it was a really 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 good time um you know people have mixed feelings about valentine's day there are some people out there that are militantly against it and i i, I kind of share that sentiment it's it's i don't want to say it's a made-up holiday i don't know much about it i know there's a saint involved i don't know if saint valentine or valentin or or, or whatever was uh, the patron saint of love or something let me look it up real quick saint valentine isn't that who it's all about? What is the true meaning behind Okay, first of all, the first thing I find is like a artist's rendition of his face. Oh, it's a re it's a reconstruction. 
Guy looks like a pretty decent dude. You know, he's got gray hair. And then they have other representations of, like, people in the past. Wow. St. Anthony looks like a pretty chill dude. What's up with the Potchmark's face on this dude? Robus Spears? Rob, Robus? This is actually someone I have no idea who this is. Ra- I have to look him up. Um, Maximilian Robus. He must have been a Frenchman. I'm not going to look up. Uh, I really didn't get into French history that much. And I really should because there's a lot of... Um, a lot of interesting things that happen in French history that have to do with American history and um, how the world is shaped today. But anyway, so St. Valentine of Rome was widely recognized, was a ro- widely recognized third century Roman saint. Wow. Comm- commemorated in Christianity on February 14th and is since the Middle Ages associated with the tradition of courtly love. Oh, he died on this day. He died, and he is his his um, attributes are birds, roses, bishop with a cripple, or a child with epilepsy at his feet. How do you, how do you, as an artist, as a medieval artist, and coming up to these to, you know, present day, how do you depict a child with epilepsy in a painting? See, that's the type of art that I think is. Very important that if you're able to to emulate that, that's pretty good. Um, bishop with a rooster nearby. He doesn't have to be right on top of you. He just has to be close by. Refusing to adore an idol, which seems a bit odd because we're adoring this dude. Uh, bishop being beheaded. Well, I guess we know his fate. Priest bearing a sword. I guess he was a badass. Priest holding a son. And not like a baby child's son, but it says S-U-N, like the son. Um, that's uh, an achievement right there. And holding a son, do they not? I don't think they knew other sons. <coughs> like back in the day, they didn't know what the what uh, that the son was a star. Priest giving sight to a blind girl. Patronage of a a a affianced affianced couples. I guess that's what it means. Um, against fainting. What? Uh, I'm going to pray to St. Valentine if I feel faint. Beekeepers, happy marriages, love, plague, and of course, epilepsy. So I'm, I'm not going to go too, too deep here. I've already done quite a bit, but there's a whole history behind this guy. How did he die, though? It's just churches named after him. It doesn't really say, Reza, well, he's honored. Yeah, we know that. St. Valentine, Dublin... Uh, important pro it's not really given like what kind of happened to him but I'm, I'm assuming he was beheaded you know by uh, by somebody well I mean by I I mean he died in Rome maybe at that time I don't know at that time okay at that time I think Christians were persecuted or or, or, or um, in some way shape or form okay so so sorry about that Okay, he was the poster boy of the French Revolution. Maximilien de Robespierre. Very ugly dude. Like, very creepy looking dude. You know, I wouldn't want to go up against him in a, in a rebellion. But anyway, so uh, this week, once again, operating completely off of my telephone because everything else has killed itself around here. Um, some of it by my hand, some of it not by my hand. But this week, uh, we are having a very interesting beer. I wanted to try to get away from the ales for a little while. And I went out there to Beverage Island, and I found myself a, a black lager. It's a, it's a 
Winter Landscape by Industrial Arts Brewing Company, and it is a German Schwarz beer. Schwarz? It's like... Anyway, uh, this uh, this brewery is an industrial arts brewing company. It's uh, located a stone throw away from the Hudson River, uh, upstate in Garnerville, New York. This uh, particular beer is 5.6 alcohol by volume. I might as well kick in the music here and start uh, doing the, the beer review portion. Rob, you stay when I say that I'm in him, the beer review part of the show. Is it playing? Oh, I didn't. Shit. Sorry, everybody. There we go. Sorry about that. Anyway, so um, it's uh, it's 5.6 percent ABV, uh, and this is the description on the website here. It says uh, a little roasty, pretty dang hoppy, and totally New York. The latest installment in our landscapes series is here to get you through the upcoming dark days. Ten percent of this, all the sales will be donated to the Open Space Institute. Learn more about this project at, at www.industrialartsbrewing.com/slash. Backslash, landscapes. Backslash. Uh, so this is a, it, it's a Schwarz beer. I don't know. I'm doing a really hard arts, so it sounds like farts. So Schwarz beer, Schwartz beer, Schwartz beer. Although Schwartz beer, um, it's simply. Uh, th- this is the. I got the definition off of Beer Advocate, so you could look it up too and see different types of Schwartz beers. Uh, it's simply a German name for black beer. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily heavy or light in body. Although most examples tend to be lighter, uh, unlike porters or stouts or other dark beers, uh, they are not overly bitter with the burnt and heavily roasted malt characteristics that these styles tend to depend on. Instead, hops are used to achieve a good portion of the bitterness, uh, smooth on the palate, soul-lifting and refreshing with a dry finish. Schwartz beers make a great alternative for the winter months, especially when you're looking for a lighter beer. Uh, but one, but one with depth of color and bittersweet taste that might bring to mind coffee, coca, or licorice. Uh, the only other Schwartz beer that I have ever had, literally the only other black lager or black beer, which is the German name for it, uh, is Korstritzer. Korstritzer? Uh, you may see it in various German establishments. Uh, it's definitely at Nuremberg. Uh, it's probably most definitely at Kilmeyer's. Anywhere that you could probably get... German style beer. They're going to have a black beer there, and it's probably going to be Kostritzer. Uh, excuse me. Um, so, this one pours. I'm going to put the phone down for a second. So, <coughs> it's very dark, very black. Can't can't see through it at all. Um, when I poured it, I did a quite an aggressive pour, and I got about two fingers ahead. There is a light caramel tinge to the head. Um, it's not very white. The lacing in the glass is, is quite. Excellent. Uh, the can here, <clears throat> it looks like it's got lightsabers on it, but then like when you look closer, it's kind of like a UFO going across the world. It's, it's an interesting can, but uh, this one was canned on uh, November 21st, 2018, so it's, it's a couple months old. Uh, I wanted to try to get the older beer out of the way first, and that's where we landed on this puppy right here. When you go to smell it and taste it well when you when you go to take a a draw of this beer you immediately smell like a dark chocolatey cocoa um aroma with this one it's a very very interesting mouthfeel it's it's like extremely pleasant on the palate not too heavy not too thick or anything like that not very oily or anything like that 
you get that roasted malty flavor. Uh, this this particular beer said it was a bit hoppy. Um, I think that the hops that are in this beer are pretty well balanced with the malts. You definitely get a very good dry, dry finish with this beer. I really would have liked if the Brute IPAs that I, that the only Brute IPA I tried, which was the Stone, if it was as bitter as this beer, I would have been extremely satisfied with it, but it was not. <clears throat> it's got a very dry finish, which I really, really enjoy. It makes you want to drink some more of it. Very, very easygoing and drinkable beer. It's a, I'm just trying to think here about the flavors. Slight coffee. Really interesting mouth, full-bodied beer. For a really interesting mouthfeel that I really, really enjoy. I would say overall for the type of beer. And um, almost has a bit of a stout characteristic to, to it. And at the end, in the bitterness, there is a characteristic of a coffee flavor. These are all typical flavors that you would get with this type of beer. And um, it's done pretty well. It comes in the tall boy cans. And I thoroughly enjoy it. It's such a very good drinking beer. I'm going to give it a 7. I'm going to give it a 7 because I'm not blown away specifically by anything, but it's it's a solid, solid beer. Um, if I was in a German restaurant and I had to choose between the two, I might not be able to tell the difference between the two. Um, this beer has a much mm, sweeter, maltier flavor than from what I recall from the Kostritzer, so... It depends on your mood, then, which one you would want to choose. But either way, this is a pretty damn good beer. Um, it has a pretty interesting presentation that I enjoy. And uh, I'm not going to give it the suds. I'm not going to give it suds. But don't sleep on this. Definitely go out and maybe grab it. I mean, for a lager beer, which I haven't had in a very long time, especially on this show, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So maybe go out and grab yourself uh a couple of these bad boys out there at Beverage Island. You, you, uh, I don't think you would regret it. So upset there's no emails this week. I was riding so high on emails. And um, I'm, I've been waiting with a bated breath. Excuse me. My God. I've been waiting so anxiously for, for some emails to come in. And this week there were none. Unfortunately, hey, look, this happens sometimes. What are you going to do? I mean, you're not going to beat yourself up over it, but this is something that's going to happen from time to time. I had a great run, you know, of straight emails pouring into the podcast, which was really, really neat. But lo and behold, here we are. We're, we're, we're emailless, yet we're still powering through. So I'm going to have to depend heavily on being able to try to talk about something. I don't know how it's going to work out. But let's just see what happens. Right now, I got some baby clothes in the dryer because I'm if I'm a fush, I'm officially in. Got to clean all the baby clothes mode. That's happening right now. And uh, I guess I could talk about what just happened to me not too long ago. I went out to um. So, what you call it? Oh man. Oh, what is the name of the brewery? Other Nation is that the name of the place? Hang on a second. It's a brewery located out in Michigan. We'll look it up real real quick. Uh, other. Oh, man, that's a picture of the beer. There it is. Okay, so Old Nation Brewing Company. First time ever in New Jersey. I don't know about New York, okay? But if it's getting to New Jersey for the first time, maybe that means that it's just not widely available this far out from Michigan. But 
Old Nation Brewing Company had a can release on February 9th, which was this past weekend, right? Was that was that what the was that the date? I I need to know for sure. Yeah, the this past Saturday, and <clears throat> it was located. There was a, a super buy right. It's called <coughs> located in Jersey City, New Jersey. So I I was like I was like oh you know what this would be really cool. It's not too far away. Maybe I want to go there and get it. So the two cans that they had available were uh, uh, I think they were two New England style IPAs. And they had Boss Tweed Double India Pale Ale, uh, which was it's a 9.3% alcohol by volume IBU of 68. Uh, Double India Pale Ale, it's got, um, I should have actually got this. I think it's got Noble Hops in it, uh, Vienna Hops, Magnum Hops, Simcoe, Citra, Mosaic, Azeka, like all the, all the hops that you really, really, really want. And they had the, the other one, I think this is like their flagship beer. Or maybe it's not their flagship, but it's definitely one of their higher-rated beers, according to the internet here. They have M43, which is a New, uh, New England-style India Pale Ale, 6.8 alcohol volume, IBUs a 65. So, I, okay, so the thing that happened was I wanted to go get this stuff. I was like, you know what, let me, let me see if maybe I could convince my poor, in a lot of pain, pregnant wife to accompany me to Jersey City to buy beer. And I said, that's not going to fly. I can't just say that. So I was like, what's what's close by? Jersey City, northern New Jersey. I was like, I was like oh my God, let me convince her that like we'll go to Walmart. You know? I was like, okay. Just start off by saying, hey, you want to go to Walmart? And then be like, hey, you want to stop by this place real quick? I heard about they got the beer or something. You know, we got to go to Walmart anyway. Blah, 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 blah. So I presented her with the, um, the idea she she bought it. She was like, let's go. And then I was like, hey, by the way, there's a beer situation. She goes, oh, that's why you want to go. I was like, no, no, we do have to go to Walmart. You know, we have to make sure we have everything for the baby. And I was not definitely not using my unborn child as a, as a bargaining chip, but we did need stuff for the kid and also some stuff to buy for around the house. Hold on. Yeah, you could definitely put these beers down easily. So so she she she's like, "All right, let's do it." So now unfortunately for me, this was one of the weekends. Oh, I got a little loud there and I think I clipped. Unfortunately for me, this was the one of the last weekends at the Bayonne Bidge uh Bidge that the Bayonne Bridge was like closed closed. And I was like, "Shit. Now that sucks." If you know anything about Staten Island, you got to go into like Newark up and around to get to Bayonne and like Jersey City was on top of Bayonne it's like up north of Bayonne if I'm if I'm not mistaken I could be completely fucking wrong I don't know but anyway you gotta go a shit ton out of your way to to get to or maybe not a shit ton out of your way but you're definitely going out of your way to get to these places when the Bayonne Bridge because now it's open indefinitely allegedly I don't know if that's true because the last I'm gonna say the last dec the last decade of my life that bridge has been open and closed on and off whenever the fuck they feel like it. So, you know, this is just how it is here on Staten Island. The Bayonne Bridge was it open? Is it closed? Anyway, we make the trip out there. We get to this. Pl- First of all, I had to go through downtown Jersey City, which I have haven't been to in in a. I really haven't been there in a very very long time since, like when my uncle passed away. You know, he was in a he was in a hospital. Uh. 
close to the close to that downtown area. So now we get there, like we're driving through. All of a sudden, you go from the industrial, stinky part of New Jersey. Sorry, New Jersey, there are some stinky parts. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We went from the industrial, stinky part of New Jersey over this little bridge. I don't know the name of that little bridge, but it was a little baby bridge. All of a sudden, I'm in Soho. That that's how it felt. I was in the middle of trendy, hipstery, Hobokeny, Williamsburgy, like uppity area. Like it was unbelievable. And I turned them and we're driving around and I'm like, I didn't feel like I was in New Jersey anymore. I was like, where the fuck are we? You know? And it said we were in Jersey City. I was like, this is not what Jersey City looked like when I was a child. And then I turned to my left and there's a fucking a hundred foot mural. Of David Bowie. I mean, it's huge. I got to see if I could find a write-up of it and, and get that picture onto the onto the Facebook or onto the Twitter so you guys could see what I see. It was ginormous. I was like, holy shit, do you see this thing? And I was like, we're not in Kansas anymore. Anyway, we end up finally getting to the super buy right, right? We get there. And uh, it looks like a Joe Canals on the outside. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the Joe Canals, it's just, it's a wine distributor. Like wine, like I guess wine distribution was huge. And then they also did beer. But Joe Canals has wines by the country going, you know, lining the floor space and everything like that. And um, I guess when craft beer came along, they made a little room in these places for the craft beer because people do come out to to get it. Uh, and I get there, I park, and I Ari's in the car. I was like, you don't want to come in with me, right? It's just, you know, I'm going to be in and out. I mean, I'll be down. You just sit here and you wait, you relax, you know, lock the doors, don't talk to strangers, stuff like that. I walk inside, and <clears throat> now I love Beverage Island. I really do. It's one of my favorite places on earth. But when, when I walked into this place, <clears throat> I, um, <clears throat> I, I, I just I, I felt like I walked on a cloud and drifted off the beaten path into the Garden of Eden. That That's honestly what it felt like. Because the beer was up front and center, right in front of you. And I started seeing beers I've never seen before. Beers that... It was incredible to see. It really, it really and truly was. Maybe it's just because I've been so used to the, the, floor, the floor place of, of um, Beverage Island and, and the different... I know where the beer brands are there. Like, I know where to look for what I'm looking for. Maybe this was just something different, right? And now I'm just... I start to shake a little bit, you know? And I start to... um, I I just started to lose control a little bit. And I texted my wife and I said, Ariel. And and when I call her Ariel, it's either something's wrong or I'm mad or something like that. I said, "Um, I think I'm going to cry. And she laughed and she said, why? And I said... It's so beautiful in here. And then I said, I'm really scared because I said, I don't know how much money I'm going to end up spending. So she came in as soon as I said that. And, uh, you know, I have such a lovely wife. I really and truly do. She's so special and so great. You know, to have a wife tell you, to have, a you know, your wife tell you, okay, listen, you get to pick four kinds of beer and then we'll limit it to that. Because I did just make a trip to Beverage Island and buy a whole bunch of beer in bulk for uh, for the show. So here I am just like completely smitten that she said this. I got to start drinking this beer. Hang on. It's a good one. So 
just water water unbelievable looking beer uh I, I, so the beer that i really that i wanted that i was interested in because of the um online that i saw online the uh, release it was right up front there was a representative there i did not want to talk to that lady because like i don't want to <clears throat> i didn't want to taste it there it was like available for tasting there i wanted to buy it and go home and try it so i had the choice between the boss tweed and the m43 and she goes you can get four so i was like damn it let me walk around a little bit because I want to see if I can get my hands on Hop Slam. So Hop Slam is a beer that comes from Bell's Brewery, uh, which is, oh, I don't know where the fuck it is. I, I think it's out of San Francisco. I think it's out out of out west, okay? And they're a craft brewing company. So this is another thing that I wanted to touch on real quick about Bell's. Um, th- th- I see them all the time. You've definitely seen them too. They make the Two-Hearted Ale, which I, th- I think is just a pale ale. Now, they're one of the first craft beers that I remember actually seeing in stores, actually in ShopRite. I remember seeing it in ShopRite, and that's when you see beer uh, right next to Budweiser and stuff like that, it kind of like, I don't want to say that it it waters it down or dumbs it down a little bit, but it definitely made me want to stay away from it, because I looked at it and I saw a beer that I used to see all the time in ShopRite <clears throat> next to Miller Coors, Bud Light, stuff like that. Just So I always thought that it was not a craft beer. This also happened to me with Sierra Nevada. I actually looked it up today because I thought they weren't a craft beer company because of how widely available it is. I mean, you could, you could find it in your corner store, Delicatessen or Bodega. And there it is, Sierra Nevada looking at you in the face. Is it a craft beer? Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Sierra Nevada is a craft brewery, and so is Bell's. So Bell's, just because a brewery may have a lot of notoriety or a lot of attention to it, and may brew a lot of, maybe maybe to the limit in terms of how much beer you can brew to be a part of the Craft Brewer Association, doesn't necessarily mean that it's not. So even though you have these beers next to Sam Adams in the sh- in the shopping center, doesn't necessarily mean that it is on the same level in terms of corporate money that the Boston Beer Company may have, you know, or InBev or, or Miller Coors or uh, any other of the conglomerates, you know, while you're at it. So anyway, so I never really, I always just never really paid attention to uh, Bells because of that, because I was seeing it so frequently. But I'd always heard about the Hop Slam beer. Everyone always, that I knew in craft beer circles spoke of hop slam but i never got to really see it so it's an availability the availability of hop slam is every winter it's only available for a pretty short period of time and then uh it's they don't brew it until of course next winter again so for me uh i said let me see if they have this here because i, I couldn't find it in beverage island i don't go to holiday because it's pretty far from me I wanted to see if if this hop slam beer is here and lo and behold there it was hop slam was right there and like you can't miss the packaging of hop slam because it's it's very it's a it's a hop color green box you know and it kind of pops from everything else that's around you and on the the label it's a man crushed under a gigantic uh, hop flower basically and uh, it's called Hop Slam. So this beer has been out, I think, since 1997. It's been coming out every winter, I want to say. I could be wrong. But, uh, I, you know, when you go on the website of Bell's, 
there's a little video to give you an introduction to what Hop Slam is. And the brewer that was there, either he's the brewmaster or the owner, he had said that someone had told him once that Hop Slam tasted like if your cat ate a bag of weed and then pissed on the Christmas tree. That's what Hop Slam tastes like. And I could not disagree with him more. Uh... I've been having it. I, I wanted to do it on the show. I wanted to have it as a show beer, but I decided to... Oh, actually, so what? before I really get into the Hop Slam situation, what I did at, um, at uh, Super Buy Right, I said to myself, you know what, let me get some beer for me. That's what I want to do. So I bought two of the M43s. I'm, I wanted to do one on the show, but I had a four-pack of it, and I started drinking the other four-pack, so it might not make it to the show. It's also a New England IPA, and I got another New England IPA down the pike, so this might be also... My three-day weekend beer coming up is going to be the M43 and the rest of the Hop Slam. I'm sorry, everybody. I'll let you know if it was good or not. I think I might start doing that, just saying, hey, I had this beer during the week and I enjoyed it. Uh, so the Hop Slam, I've been having it, um, you know, on, on or off throughout the, this week. You know, can here, can there. So it's a, it's a, it is a big beer. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's 10% alcohol by volume. But when you name a beer Hop Slam, I'm really expecting. It's a, and it's a double IPA, but it's not an unfiltered double IPA, so it's clear. I was expecting a, a hop slam. I was expecting a mouthful of bitter, almost like just punch in your mouth hops. And all I got was a bunch of malty flavors. So I started, I started like wondering what maybe it happened. And then uh, you know, I asked a couple of friends of mine in the craft brew circles. And a couple buddies of mine were saying how that every year the flavors kind of change a little bit. And there's always different types of, you know, there's good years, there's off years and stuff like that. This happened to be a malty, a very malt bombish type year. So, and it's also a pretty, it's a little bit of a pricey um, beer too. For like a six pack, I think it's like $22. Some some places it's 25 bucks. That's because you are getting a 10% ABV beer. So it's I think it's actually kind of fairly priced. But it was... um. Maybe maybe this beer in its first iteration when it first came out, Hop Slam. Maybe it truly it truly was a Hop Slam. A hoppy, crazy big beer that just people weren't list, like used to. It was extremely malty for me now, not very hoppy whatsoever, but maybe it's because of the craft beer scene has been flooded with so many like big big hoppy beers that it kind of falls by the wayside in terms of like calling it a Hop Slam. Maybe if they revisited that recipe and just got even more ambitious with their hops, I think then maybe it would have a it would be worthy of that name. But it's also brewed with a uh, with honey too, so you have a lot of multi flavors and then the sweetness of the honey. It's a pretty sweet beer, but still a pretty decent beer for a ten percent, and and it's masked pretty well uh, as you drink it. So I, I was able to get that. I got a beer from Dogfish Head. Another craft brewery that I ignore. I mean, I don't even. Th- I only think we did one Dogfish Head beer on the show. I guess it's because when you see a beer that is just so readily available, it's like almost like you you kind of want to just maybe stray away from it. I don't know. That's just the way it is for me. But uh, the Hop Slam was a little bit of a letdown, and you know, it's it's starting to get me to the point that maybe I should go into having different beers. Um, Maybe I should just go into it, you know, without any expectations, and then maybe I won't get let down. I got let down by the the the, the brewed IPA. I'm, I've been let down by Hop Slam. 
You know, I mean, and it, uh, maybe it's just a, a testament to that beer is quite subjective. I mean, it depends upon your palate and how you approach it, and and, and like it's it's all different. Everyone has different tastes, and and that's how it is. I mean, I just happen to really enjoy a lot of different beers. And Hop Slam, even though it's just not as hoppy as I thought it would be, I just you know I still enjoy it though. But anyway, this beer isn't getting drunk, dranked. Because I'm yapping a little bit too much, so I'm going to pause for a little bit of a, not even a bathroom break, a drinking break. Can you imagine that? Because I'm just blabbing my mouth off. I'm going to pause for a little bit of a drink here, and then I'll be right back um, with some music and some thank yous, and, uh, and you know how the show goes. I'll see you guys in a second. sounds so depressing like I guess it's okay now I mean whatever anyway thanks everybody for listening to three beers in uh, really really fun good wonderful good time do this every Thursday I'm trying to do it every Thursday uh, bring some awesome beer reviews awesome beer news type stuff and other things that may be on my mind other different ruminations and stuff like that if you haven't already been listening to us on our website, threebeersin.com, you could do so. You don't have to use the Apple Apple Podcast application. And you could also go on that website, threebeersin.com, and you could drop us a line in the Contact Us tab, which is really, really neat. You just have to put your email in. You could even use a fake email, put your fake name. Who cares? Because I'm pretty sure there's no one out there named Grendel, and I got an email from that guy. Put your information in there. Ask me a question. Drop me a comment. Whatever you feel like you want to do would be really, really nice. You could troll me if you want. I'll read it on air. Whatever you want to talk about, even if you want to throw a subject out there, I'll ooh, talk about it with you. Also, let you know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter hasn't been very, you know, what are you going to tweet about on your beer review show? Not much, but... You can also find me on Facebook. Facebook is cool because I can put pictures. I can do status updates. I put some. I put a little picture up from the Super Bowl. You know, I try to keep it up a little bit. It's a pretty cool place that I want to try to maybe make it like a beer aggregate of stories and beers and delicious, fun beer times. Beer is a wonderful thing, and it's enjoyed with friends, and I want to be your friend in beer. So thanks for listening, everybody, and um, keep on keeping on. faded the shit out of that. That was a pretty interesting little song. We paused. I don't know we paused. Maybe I'll just turn it off. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't want that on my... It had a weird, like, wizard background. It just did not fit. That wizardy 
background with whatever it is. Anyway, so um, let me just still trying to. I really, you know, the phone needs to see my face in order for it to go on. Neither here nor there. Anyway, so I got a couple of beer articles here, some beer news. That's uh, one of my favorite things to do is to bring you guys some um, interesting, fun little beer articles and maybe share them with you on the Facebook so you can read them yourselves later on. This is a pretty cool thing. Uh, it's from BBC. It says, uh, Danes find secret beer trove. Uh, and it's uh, Danish builders, uh, builders have found bottles of beer dating back over a century while carrying out renovation work on an old brewery in the Jutland city of Fyborg. <laughs> I have no idea how to pronounce Danish things, so if I'm not doing it right, and all you Danes out there that listen, please correct me, because I do not like to pronounce things incorrectly. Um, they raised a set of floorboards to find seven 113-year-old bottles from the Odin Brewery, how <laughs> happily named, uh, carefully stowed away in a wooden box where they survived two world wars. The DR Public Broadcaster reports. This is also from BBC News. Everybody, um, the builders called the builders called in Viborg's museum museum's Dan Ersted Moller Moller. Again, I don't know uh, who was delighted with the discovery. <clears throat> he said. Uh, this really is a unique find. The corks and labels are all in place. It looks like an entire selection of beers from back then, he told DR. Sadly, two of the corks had dried out and the beer evaporated. But the remaining five bottles are intact, according to DR's uh, Nyheader News program. Uh, among the bottles are examples of the most popular Odin offerings of the day. Prinsensberg... Prinsensberg... Odin Pilsner and Viborg Pilsner. Empty Odin bottles from that time are not unknown, but beer experts told Mr. Muller that examples of the actual Odin product from 1906 are very rare. Uh, and it's pretty interesting. This is the cool part that I found really interesting is that the uh, the master brewer wrote a little message in the uh, when he put the beers down on the floorboards. And the mystery of what they were doing there was solved by a note stashed away with the bottles by C.E. Person. Per... Hearst Son, the master brewer credited with reviving the ailing fortunes of Odin at the start of the 20th century. He wrote to his imagined successor that the brewery had just laid down a new floor and, quote, as we don't know how long it will last, these words and some bottles of beer that we brew nowadays will be placed under the floor. Wow, isn't that pretty neat, man? This guy writes a letter to the future. He doesn't know. It's kind of like a time. This is really cool because it's a time capsule of beer. This guy is just reviving this brewery. He's all about brewing beer, bringing delicious suds to the masses. And what does he do? He brews up the finest beers of his brewery in that day, puts it under the floorboards and say, hey, I'm going to put this under here and... I love you. So I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm going to die one day. So anyway, uh, this isn't the first time a memento from uh, Denmark's brewing past has come to light thanks to the foresight of earlier generations. As bottles dating back to 1883 were discovered in a basement of Carlsberg Brewing, uh, Brewery in Copenhagen 11 years ago. Carlsberg managed to recreate the beer by using surviving yeast cells. And Dan Ersted Mahler... A lot of maulers sees no reason why brewers can't do the same for the Viberg Hall. That's interesting. That's really neat. You find the yeast strain that survives. 
and then you make beer out of it? That's so fucking neat. It could be fun to know what Viborg beer tasted like back in 1906. Odin is a large part of the Viborg's history, and finding these beers is a fascinating prospect that shouldn't be ignored, he told DR. Mr. Muller urged Viborg's, the Viborg's, to contact the museum if they can find anything tucked away in the property because it could be gold. Oh, wow, the note is really, really in good condition. And it looks so cool. Oh, man, I love history and stuff like that. But if anyone takes the uh, task of beer resurrection, uh, takes to the task of beer resurrection, it won't be uh, Odin. The brewery closed its doors in 1988 after 156 years of trading. At the time, it was the oldest brewery in Denmark. I really think that there are people in the area of Denmark there that would love, especially if they're into craft beer, which craft beer is all over the world. (coughs) I'm pretty sure... (coughs) There are some homebrewers out there that would band together, get that yeast, and make a banging-ass Verdun uh, Pilsner. Verdun's in France, isn't it? Hold on. This beer here ain't going to drink itself, so I have to make sure I pay attention to it. That's one of the... um one of the articles, and I, I came across another one out of... Uh, I love the local news, too. So, so out of... Um, I had to sound that one out. Awataki, Arizona. Uh, women's uh, Brew Crew Crafts specially made beer and donates all the proceeds to charity. This is uh, from Fox 10 out there in Arizona. Coming together from all over the state, this female brew crew is made up of nearly 100 ladies who craft specially made beer, then donate the proceeds back to women's charities in the community. I think that's so fucking cool. Uh, This year, the Women's Brew Crew raised $10,500 and will present a check to four local women's shelters. We ended up making 40 barrels, and this is the largest amount of money we've raised so far in our fourth year, so we're pretty happy about that, said Heather Sterling of the Santan Brewing Company. Uh, 40 barrels of Persistence Pale Ale uh, was the name the ladies gave to the year's charity craft beer. Persistence is a good, strong word, said Mikkel and Ark of the Shop Beer Company. Oh, shit, I just lost the article by accident. Hold on one second. Tactical difficulty here. Using the phone here. I gotta scroll here. What'd she say? What'd she say here? Persistence is a good, strong word. Yeah, it's an oak... It, it's in... It's an oaked pale ale. It's a smoked pale ale. Okay, so... Th- okay, that's a tough sentence. So when we brewed it, it actually took oat chips and they fired them so it was a nice smoky flavor. Oh, that's an interesting. I'm not a big fan of smoked beers, but... That's pretty interesting. The ladies say it's a privilege to not only create something in a male-dominated industry, but to be women helping other women. True, it is a male industry, but it's also a female industry too, Ark said. We have a great community, and we get along really well, and we have a lot of support. And, it makes, and it's uh, great that we can, give, uh, we can make money and uh, give it back. Uh, support the female brew crew gets uh, support the female brew crew gets from the other area organizations and breweries who also I'm having a tough time here they also step up everybody fucking donates that's basically what it's saying high tide floats all boats and that's what we do here in the Arizona community said Steen these are some names too bro Steen Roth of women's uh, collaboration pale ale 
not just the guild in general, but uh, to be able to do something special as the women of the guild is really a unique opportunity and something that we really raised to the challenge, and it's really something pretty drinkable. Uh, and that's that story. I'm, I butchered the ending there, but basically, it's a bunch of ladies that uh, are into craft brewing. They brew, they're brewmasters, and they brewed some um, fantastic beer and raised it for charity. And that's it for the beer news this week. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we had any last week, but I'll tell you this: I think it's pretty neat that um, that uh, these ladies uh, brew this beer, and I think it's really cool that in Denmark they found that really, really old beer with a little message in a bottle type situation. And the fact that they were able to find the the get the yeast strain in the other place, <laughs> gosh, and brew basically the the a, a carp uh, the a copy of the beer of yesteryear. It's a century old. That's pretty pretty neat. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So um, this is my first year back on Facebook, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of like my first year back on Facebook. I wasn't on there for, for a very long time, and then I started it up. I fired it back up not too long ago. So apparently, when it's your birthday on Facebook, you pick a charity, right, out of a hat, or maybe you have a charity that you're into. Can you be, I mean, not into a charity, but a charity that you donate to or you would like people to donate to? So apparently when it's your birthday, you know, you like you alert people that it's your birthday or your you know your friends are alerted that it's your birthday. And then you pick a charity for people to donate to. So I think I'm going to try to find a beer charity. Is that possible? I mean, I would love to have people instead of getting me birthday gifts to donate to maybe this charity or something um that beer related charitable work because that's what I'm about and I think that'd be pretty cool you know to to have a beer uh, a, a beer charity situation right yeah so I might I might do that hang on one second I just want to cue something up for the last little segment that we're going to be doing here tonight um, before I wrap this up so just give me one second for, for me it's going to take me 10 minutes to do this for you it's going to take one second well, did you feel that? Did ya? I'm such an idiot. You didn't. You didn't feel... Hold on, my wife just texted me. Okay. Okay, all right, yeah. You didn't feel that at all, but for me... <clears throat> took me about 10 minutes to get the... <laughs> didn't take me 10 minutes. I, I was on Twitter for a minute. Either way, I'm entitled. Okay, I'm living my life. But I also was trying to pound down this beer. I got one more to go. It's going to be a really, really nice night. I'm feeling great. So, as you know, we have a three-day weekend coming up. So, that means it's President's Day. Well, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's President's Day. But the reason... I'm a little nasally. The reason we have a three-day weekend coming up right now is because of President's Day. And what better way to celebrate President's Day than to give you a comprehensive list of absolutely irrelevant and crazy president Not crazy presidents, but presidents that you've... Most likely never even heard of. The most te- the top 10, according to Time.com, forgettable presidents. President's Day is simply associated with the two titans of the American presidency, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. And boy, were they great. But what of the lesser men who have passed through the Oval Office? Time stops to remember 10 of the 45 presidents of whom history typically leaves out. And I'm not going to lie here. I I'm I pride myself on knowing history and knowing things about American history especially, you know. Uh, but 
There are names in here, of course. Oh, this burp was really, really tough. It's still not done. Nothing like burping to Stars and Stripes. But anyway, um, <laughs> there, there are names in here. Of course, I've heard them. You know, you, you heard all of the president's names. But when you see them, you're like, holy shit, this person is really irrelevant. So what do we have here first? The first president, well, it's not the first president. It is the eighth president on our fail to the chief from time.com. We have Martin Van Buren. He served from 1837 to 1841, uh, making himself nearly disappear completely from the history books. It was probably not the trick the, quote, little magician Martin Van Buren had in mind, but his was the first truly forgettable presidency, American presidency. Uh, Van Buren was largely done in by an economic crisis that brought uh, on by the banks offering easy credit while benefiting from little or no central regulation. Sound familiar? The president's extravagant lifestyle made him an easy scapegoat for political opponents, and the crisis overshadowed his deft handling of early sectional tensions. Sounded like, and he was soundly defeated by William Henry Han uh, Harrison in 1841. I love this part. Oh, God. It's just so much fun. So, yeah. <clears throat> Martin Van Buren. Did you know him? You may not even you may not even heard some of the presidents on this list, but who do we have next? We have his um, <clears throat> the ninth president who came right after him is Will William Henry Harrison. This is somebody that definitely no one has uh, ever heard of because this guy uh, literally died thirty days after being in office. Harrison holds the inglorious distinction of having had the shortest presidential term because he died of pneumonia just thirty days after uh, his inauguration. The pneumonia. Oh God! This. Hang on. Just listen to the glory of old glory. America's so great. It really and truly is. So the pneumonia may or may not have been uh, exacerbated by his inaugural address, the lengthiest ever, and one delivered in freezing temperatures... Without the aid of a coat or a hat, not even a fucking scarf, clocking in at almost two hours, the long-winded speech set a record that still stands. And also, he's got two records, the longest inauguration speech and the shortest presidency. The guy died. The guy died within 30 days. And who do we have right after that? None other than the 10th president. Apparently, it's right, right down on the road there. John Tyler. Okay, after John Tyler... Uh, earned the, the vice presidency on the strength of a campaign slogan that tacked to him. Uh, so uh, so this is the... the you've definitely heard this uh, statement, too. Tipper Canoe and Tyler, too. And that's all you've ever... You've heard that, but you had no idea it was about this fucking guy. So uh, when he ascended to the presidency, it was following the death of William uh, Henry ha Harrison, who died of pneumonia, and he was dubbed his accidency. And that's just what he was for his whole term. So Tyler was uh, so deeply unpopular during his presidency that all but one of his cabinet members resigned in protest when he vetoed a bill establishing a national bank shortly after he was expelled from his own party. And the House of Representatives tried to issue impeachment charges against him. Uh, Tyler, nonetheless, as you can see, was unable to recapture his party's presidential nomination at the end of his term. Uh, so what did he do? He left and uh, went to the Confederacy. Check that out. 
Uh, he died in the Confederate House of Representatives, fighting yet another losing battle. You gotta I mean, talk about a really fucking shitty end. You know, you're a president of the United States, which means you're gonna go down in history. But, you know, people are so, you know, you're so shitty. You end up being a staunch racist and you go to the losing side of, uh, well, the, the, the wrong side of the Civil War for sure. Uh, and then we have the 13th president of the United States, and that's none other than, you guessed it, uh, Millard Fillmore. Who the fuck is it? I see a picture. I'm looking at a picture of Millard Fillmore right now, and I'm thinking, this guy looks like a fucking herb. Anyway, Millard Fillmore's rise to the presidency reads like a Horatio Alger tale. He was born in a log cabin on New York's frontier before rising through the state's political machine to the highest office in the land. All the ingredients for a great story were there, but his presidency would provide an utterly forgettable ending. I need to take a moment. Uh, uh, Fillmore became uh, Fillmore became president after the unexpected death of Zachary Tyler Taylor. Excuse me. Um, and um, and that was it. He was he was. Oh, so he was trying to. It says here, he was focused on the Compromise of 1850, which tried to quell sectional concerns. Uh, by settling the balance of slave states and free states after the Mexican-American War. That's a lot of people don't realize is that the Civil War kicked off because new states that were entering the Union, there was an argument of whether they should be free states or slave states. Uh, good to know that this guy was the arbiter uh, over that and um, probably led to the terrible um, war that we had. I mean, terrible, but necessary, of course. Uh, here, he would prove to be on the wrong side of history. Wow, I didn't even... <laughs> Uh, treating the conflict, as the New York Times famously observed, as a, pol a political rather than a moral question. Wrong. Uh, in the, his desperation to broker the act, however, he ended up with legislation that united everyone only in their displeasure and did little to do anything to quell the tensions that eventually led to the Civil War. Instead, another log cabin-born president would ultimately be remembered for saving the Union. And we know that was Abraham Lincoln. It was not this jackass Fillmore. After Fillmore, uh, we have none other than, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, James Buchanan. Now, I know a lot. Of, I don't know a lot about James Buchanan, but I do know that he was the first president that may have been gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but... Um, excuse me. Oh, my gosh. There's a lot of reports that he... Because he, he wasn't married. I think he was the first president that didn't have a first lady. And the only president, I think, that didn't have a first lady. And there was um, there was talk that he slept with the vice president. I don't know. I mean, who gives a shit? It's just an interesting thing about politics is that you probably... I mean, it would be really hard for there to be an American president that's openly gay because of how the attitude of this country still is. Yet, we already had one, and this was like a very long time ago. Uh, well, I mean, he wasn't openly gay, but this is just... Um, this was just the... the uh, the, the, a lot of historians agree that this may have been the case. So Millard Fillmore uh, merely stalled the Civil War, and uh, James Buchanan made it a near certainty, uh, claiming that his hands were bound by the Constitution, 
It's amazing how the history of this country ended up. Buchanan believed the best action to quell the threat of secession was no action at all. Uh, Sympathetic to the South, Buchanan supported the Dred Scott decision, and when Southern states stated their intention to withdraw from the Union, he called their actions illegal but said he had no authority to stop them. He hoped to negotiate a compromise but didn't bother even seeking re-election, leaving behind little record of accomplishment and the Civil War looming starkly on the horizon. For those of you that are not familiar with the Dred Scott decision, it was the worst decision in the history of the Supreme Court, and there's a a huge blemish on it, where um, Tawney, who was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court at that time, uh, declared that black people uh, never should have or never will have the same rights as a white man. And that, that decision, I think, still stands today in terms of, like, they never, like, overturned it. I don't think. I don't know. I could be wrong about that. The fact that I knew that it was Chief Justice Tawney, and that's what he said, that's pretty fucking remarkable right there, especially after all these bits. Uh, And right after him, we have none other than... I keep saying none other than... We got Rutherford B. Hayes, the 19th president from 1877 to 1881. A Republican presidential candidate loses the popular vote in the disputed election, but wins the White House after months of partisan wrangling. It's not a lie. History does repeat itself. Rutherford B. Hayes squeaked into the office thanks only to a Congressional Commission Commission's narrow vote. If you thought George W. Bush had enemies, consider this. Hayes' official inauguration was secretly held inside the White House for fear of the, tr- for, of the trouble uh, his opponents might stir up. A former Ohio representative and governor, Hayes scored points from good government types for appointing cabinet members regardless of political ties, though his reputation took a hit after he called in federal troops to squash widespread railroad strikes in 1877. The troops opened fire on workers and killed dozens. That's not good. Uh, First Lady Lucy Hayes, a temperance supporter, became known as Lemonade Lucy after banning liquor from the White House. Uh, but on the other end of the fun spectrum, President Hayes began the annual White House Easter egg roll, which continues each spring. And for this, we remember him. That's got to really be something crazy. Like, that's nuts, man. You're the President of the United States you remembered for rolling Easter eggs down a hill. After this, we have Chester Arthur, the 21st President, 1881 to 1885. Uh, Chester Arthur was one of five presidents who was never elected. He took office after James Garfield was assassinated and served nearly a full term. His uh, political rise took place in uh, the not-so-squeaky-clean New York political machine, where he had a reputation of cronyism and allegedly demanded kickbacks from workers who supported the Republican Party. Uh, So he shocked many observers by becoming a reformer in office, ushering in civil service commissions to crack down on the rampant spoils of the system. Uh, Even Mark Twain said it would be hard to better his administration. But Arthur's do-gooder streak didn't particularly please other Republicans, and he became one of the few presidents fail to win uh, presidents to fail in winning the party's nomination for re-election. Historians suspect he didn't campaign very aggressively for it, as others in his uh, term had to learn. He, but he kept secret he had a fatal um, kidney disease, and he died less than two years after uh, leaving office. But hey, Chester, thanks for doing some civic duty there. Then after that, we have the 25th President of the United States, 1897 to 1901. You guessed it. William McKinley. Quick. Which president is on the $500 bill? William McKinley, obviously. 
And yes, they did make $500 bills for oil. Uh, McKinley was a savvy politician who listened carefully to the public. Though he opposed at first, though he opposed it at first, McKinley brought the country to war with Spain in 1898. Uh, as Pulitzer and Hearst's yellow journalism juiced the nation's appetite for a fight, America's claim to Puerto Rico and Guantanamo Bay count among the war's legacies. McKinley was shot by an anarchist in the at the uh, Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York in 1901. Alerted uh, to the assassination attempt by McKinley's aides, Thomas Edison sent a brand new x-ray machine to Buffalo after a bullet couldn't be found inside McKinley's body. But doctors, thinking McKinley was improving, never used it. He died of gangrene eight days, eight days later after he was hit and was replaced in office by a far more memorable vice president, Theodore Roosevelt. Didn't know that. Wow. Interesting. And right after that, this is probably boring the living shit out of everybody. So the last two are Warren G. Harding, who was the 29th president from 21 to 23. And then the last forgettable president, ladies and gentlemen, is none other than Herbert Hoover. Thanks for playing. So, there are memorable presidents, and there are presidents that, uh, you know, kind of just fall to the wayside of history. Either way, we celebrate them on Monday by having a day off. If you got to go to work, that really sucks. I'm so sorry. But, ladies and gentlemen, sorry about that noise. This is one more beer for me to have before I go upstairs and uh, finish, you know, my night. I do appreciate everyone that listened in tonight. I didn't think I'd get this far. But I did. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy your three-day weekend. Hope you had a lovely Valentine's Day. Excuse me. I'm going to catch you next week, everybody. Take care now. I, I love you all. I love you all. Can you hear me? I love you all.